Welcome to The Liberating Secret with your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce. The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson. Welcome to The Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce. So glad to be with you again today. I hope you've been following because I've been giving my testimony the last two programs, and this is the third program on my testimony. Uh, where, where I was in my testimony, I was talking about uh, as a, a young Christian. You know, we all have to mature in our faith, and we all start out as babes. So uh, I'm also in the book of 1 Corinthians, and of course he's talking about the carnal Corinthians and saying they were yet babes. Well, he had just been there six years prior, giving them the gospel. He was already expecting them to grow up in the Spirit. So it might take more than just six years, Paul, and he discovered that along the way. But anyway, um, so he has to instruct them. And, and, and with your, since the Corinthians were still carnal, they didn't have their own understanding. They didn't have their own. They didn't have their own spirit understanding and spirit wisdom. So anytime that church had problems or did this or that, they still had to have instructions from somebody else. The whole goal is that you grow up in Christ so that you're mature. You're hearing from the Holy Spirit. You're walking in the new life of Christ, and He's manifesting his life by you, and then you're able then to impart that to others and not always run back for new instructions. I mean, um, we shouldn't have to have that, and Paul certainly expected that to be more than just six years. But in my own life, it took a lot of years, and probably in your life too. I, it didn't, overnight, I didn't, didn't pop into total spirituality. I certainly didn't, and I was pretty mixed up. I had a lot of... Uh, uh, um, crystallized thought patterns. I've got a friend that causes any of the old thought patterns we have in our minds, crystallized thought patterns of fear and, um, you know, the fact that I could control and try to change my husband to, so that I wouldn't have pain anymore. I certainly was trying to do that. Although I was trying to be spiritual at the same time, I wanted Jesus. I wanted the fullness of of Jesus and everything that meant. And so I started, like I said, going to my Bible study. She taught me, my Bible teacher taught me grace. She taught me faith. She taught me how to live by faith. But I, I still was immature. I was growing though in the, in the spirit. Well, the next year at this Bible study, uh, she always housed the missionaries that came to town. Her church uh, always sent them to her house and she would uh, house them for the weekend when the missionaries would come and minister to the churches. Well, it just so happened that this church invited Norman Grubb. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever heard of him before, but okay, this, this was back in the late 60s, and that's when I first met Norman Grubb. Now, I was just a baby Christian. Now, he, he he has the message, that, the same message that I have today, that I'm sharing today. He did it in his own way. I'm doing it in my way by the unction of the Spirit. But yet, I first heard it through him. 
But you have to realize he was an old man at the time. And, and I, here I was only like 28, 29 years old, maybe 30, 30, year, 30 years old. And, um, and, and he was British, and he still had a strong British accent. So he was pretty, and he mumbled a lot. He had a mustache, and he mumbled. So it was, he was hard to understand. But yet, I mean, his demeanor, his, uh, when you were around him, you could just sense this love just pouring out. And somehow, you knew, I don't care how condemned you felt, if you, before you came into his presence, when you sat with him, you felt like, gosh, everything, I'm okay. I'm not so evil, like, or I'm not, I don't have to do anything to improve myself. I must be okay. Because it's like coming in the presence of Jesus. People felt that way too with Jesus. And it is because he was manifesting the love of Jesus Christ in such a way, in such a mature way. Never experienced that before. So I, I, I was drawn to this and I thought, I don't know what he is saying. I could hardly understand it, but I knew what he said was the truth. My heart registered it. My heart jumped with excitement. I knew it was the truth. So I thought, I don't know what he's saying, but I'm going to get his books and see if I can read some of his books to understand it. Well, I started reading, reading his books and I could maybe read one sentence and then I could not, I couldn't get it. I thought, but I'm not going to give up because I know this, this man has something that I've never seen before that I've never even heard before. And I, I've got to know this for myself. So he came to town the next year and I would, I'd be on the front row and have my pencil and paper and I was going to get it. I was, see, because what we're trying to do is get it intellectually. And that's okay because we have to be taught. It really, if, we're, if we catch anything, it's going to be by revelation anyway. And the Spirit will teach us. So it's all right to hear the truth spoken. But as far as thinking that you're going to get it because you're going to learn something new, no, you're not going to get it that way. Jesus said that to Nicodemus. He said, look, don't call me master. Don't call me teacher. You've got to be born again. In other words, you've got to have the spirit of God or you're not going to understand it. You're not even going to see the kingdom of God. Well, I did have the spirit. I did know how to operate, live by faith as a, as a baby Christian, basically. Uh, but I knew very little. But what I was hearing was so profound and so deep. And as I was reading his books, I could hardly get it. So I thought, I'm getting it whenever he would come. So after the second or third time, I walked up to him and I said, Norman, I finally got what you're saying. You're saying we shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he said, no, darling, you have no idea what I'm talking about yet. And I went, what? I don't know what he's talking about. See, I'm thinking truth is concept. And what? And when you get these concepts, then you'll have it. Well, no, that's not what he was talking about at all. And I did not realize that because that's where I was coming from. I was still coming from my mind, trying to figure it out and getting conceptually what all this means and then being able, because I wanted to teach it. Boy, did I want to teach the Bible. Well, who was that? I'd ever been to I mean, I became an x-ray technician. I did did that. But as far as, you know, going to college and learning, having any teacher's degree, I have none of that. And so, um, and so, but I had the desire, a deep desire. I want to teach this. I want to teach this because I'm not hearing it anywhere else. I'm not hearing it in my church. I'm not hearing it anywhere. I didn't even hear Christ lives in you anywhere in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. And I searched for it. So 
And most of the time I'm hearing, well, what we can do to be right with God after we're Christians. Well, then I have to tithe more, read my Bible more, you know, and do all these things, which never really gave me peace because it was never enough. I can never do enough and never be enough. So, but what he was saying, he was talking about moving from doing to being. Wow, being. Okay, I had to have that. Okay, year or so goes by, and I'm about 31 years old. Now, I'm 70 now, so it was that many years ago. Okay, um, I had great peace after I found the Holy Spirit, and I found, you know, release in how to live by faith. Uh, great uh, uh, release. Well, then, but all, some of the old stuff started creeping up on me about my husband. And, uh, and he wouldn't help me out anywhere anyhow because he was real carnal at the time and doing carnal things. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want all that to, the first thing, that, the, the first marriage was such a disaster. I don't want that to happen again. Oh my gosh. And so, you, you know, you're thinking about what, you got to get him saved. You got to get him knowing the Holy Spirit. You've got to get him knowing Christ in you. Well, the more I tried to change him, of course, the worse he got. So. One day, um, I just got a total release. I'm giving you to him. I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where. I, I just, I'm just going to give you to him. Well, he came home that very day from work, and he's an electrician. So he'd been working out in the field somewhere, and it was uh, in the wintertime. He was cold and everything. And so he came in, and uh, he had supper. And all of a sudden, he says, Mom, and we've always called each other mom and dad. You'll know that about us if you're ever around us. We will always do that. I started calling him dad when I was 19. He started calling me uh, a mom when he was 21. So there we were. Uh, so anyway, he said, Mom, I don't know what it is that has changed you. Something's changed you. And tell me about it. So I go, oh my gosh, this is the opportunity to tell him all about Jesus. So I start telling him, well, I have Jesus and he, he's, he's inside me and, you know, he's come, he's forgiven me of all my sins and he's cleaned me up and, and I know him and I know the Holy Spirit. And, and so just about that time, the telephone rings and one of his buddies calls him, Scotty, Come on, we're going out tonight. Well, that meant to the bars and to, mm, 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 we won't say on TV what, but you can imagine. Okay, so all of a sudden he's gone. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I started crying. I thought he was pretty close to finding Christ. And now look, look. So, so I, 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 I go to my room and I lie down and I pick up my Bible sitting right beside my bed and I opened it up and I did the finger thing again and it fell on the verse that says, there will be tears in the night, but there'll be joy in the morning. And I said, I'm taking that, I'm believing it. And I slapped my Bible closed and went sound asleep. Well, little did I know that wherever Scott went, and I won't say, cause it's his testimony to say, while he was sitting there in the, that environment, all of a sudden he thought, oh my gosh, this is an awful place. And the Holy Spirit said to him, is this what you want, Scotty? Or do you want what your wife has? Do you want me? And he jumped up from wherever he was. I'll let him tell the story. And he ran home as fast as he could that night. Well, I was already asleep. 
gets in bed. Next morning, Sunday. Well, I, I went to a little, I went to a Bible church downtown at during that time. He says, Mom, I'm going to church with you. And I said, you are. I mean, he had never, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh. And so we go to church. There we are sitting. It was a dynamic sermon. And at the end of the sermon, they give the invitation. And like lightning, he, he runs forward. And as he goes, he's pulling my hand. Go with me. Go with me. Because he was afraid. And he went down forward and surrendered his whole heart and life to Christ. Okay. That was his beginning. Now, he had his beginning at Billy Graham when he was only seven, but I mean, a lot of years and a lot of, you know, not knowing the Lord and not knowing his sins were forgiven, <laughs> you know, of just not understanding anything that you do when you're a child. You know, we do have to have, we do have to be discipled. And we, we had not been discipled. I hadn't been discipled until I first went to that little Bible uh, uh, class in, in Louisville here. And, and then to the Louisville Bible Church downtown, I had never been discipled about grace and about Jesus and, you know, what we can know about him, what we can understand about our salvation. And he had never been discipled. So anyway, um, there we start on that, on our road, on our road of, and, and then he, he become then it's just like wonderful. Then it's like he's a changed person for a while. <laughs> but you see, we, because neither one of us really knew the fullness yet, each one of us have to go through our own time where God has to break off every, all the false things that we thought about ourselves, we thought about other people. It's our thinking that needs to be renewed in the, in the, in the new mind of Christ because our thinking is still stagnant and held in time and we're still operating as if we're carnal people, just like the Corinthians, as if we're still mere people, just people apart from God. And yes, we have the Holy Spirit, but he's off somewhere and I've got to, I've got to, um, uh, uh, I've got to worship him and love him and do for him through self-effort, through performance-based acceptance. So that's what we think, and that's where our minds are. So we have to have a whole, whole new renewing of our mind to the truth, and it has to come by faith. So after I had heard Norman and read a few of his things and thought I was really getting what he was saying, and I did, it was revelation. So I always say that everybody wants to put down the first forms, like it was just head knowledge. Well, you can't get it without revelation. And until the Holy Spirit imparts it to you as truth, you can't even get it without spirit revelation. So I don't put that down. This is what I liken it to. When I was in high school, I had a chemistry class. First part of my chemistry class was, uh, we read from our chemistry book. We, uh, we memorized the, uh, telement, uh, the elements, uh, the table of elements, and we uh, we studied, you know, all there was to study about chemistry. Well, the day came, or the hour, that was half the hour. We close our book, the second part of the hour, we go into the lab. So this was my lab time. So there was a period of time in my life when my Bible closed, because I couldn't read it anymore, and I was loved reading my Bible. And uh, uh, Norman's books closed. I couldn't read his books anymore. And actually, I didn't see him anymore. I didn't, he came to Louisville, but I didn't see him. And I started having 
<laughs> these satanic attacks on me. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know. Now, why would God mean for Satan to attack us? And he did. I mean, if Jesus was taken into the wilderness, he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, then you're going to be led into situations where you're going to be attacked satanically. And of course, I had no idea what to do with it. I did See, we've got to learn how to operate, how to function as a vessel containing the life of Christ. We have to understand about our humanity. That's what we don't understand. We don't understand that, our hum that we're a mere vessel, that we don't have any power of our own, that we're totally helpless containers of the life of another. That's all we are. We're an uh, earthen vessel, the Bible calls us. So the excellency will not be of us, but be of God. So, I mean, but I, I still, I was going through a dark time and I was hating myself for it. And where was the presence of God? Why couldn't I study my Bible anymore? Why couldn't I pray anymore? Then all of the old thought patterns all started coming back inside my mind, which was really Satan revving all that up inside my mind. So, um, and, and I started thinking, oh my gosh, Scott, he, he, he's having an affair on me, or he's, you know, doing this, or he's doing that. And I started, my imagination started going crazy. And I could not conquer it. I could not change myself. And there was one vital lesson I had to learn. I was wholly and totally helpless to change my vessel. And actually, my vessel did not need to be changed. My mind had to be renewed to who I already really was in Christ. That's the problem. The problem is not that we need to be changed. We need to be renewed in the mind, our mind and see from the mind of the Spirit who we really are and learn how to stand in that, walk in that, and have that being flow through us, which is agape love. That's the whole point of Christianity. So I, I went through a deep depression. And I, I would promise myself that I was going to change, but every day I would go back and I'd be even worse. And then finally, I can remember one day I was so dark and so depressed and so down on myself. And so it seemed like God was so absent from me. You see, I didn't have the feeling of God's presence being with me at all. I did not. Like, God, don't take your Holy Spirit's presence from me. That's how I felt. And then I thought, well, maybe if I would confess my sins more. So I would confess until I was blue in the face. That didn't help because I needed to be renewed in who I really was, that I was already justified, already sanctified. How? Because I was in union with Christ, who is my holiness, who is my righteousness, who is my sanctification. My spirit joined to his spirit. That's who I really am. And he lives out through this common body. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that at all. And so I was so desperate to find some kind of peace, find some kind of release. And I would, I would try to change my husband. God bless him. He is a man's man. And there is no way that he was going to let a woman try to change him, his wife or anybody else. He loved me dearly. But he was going to stand. He couldn't, he couldn't let me dominate him. He, he, he liked to dominate me, but he was not going to let me dominate him. Good. I didn't, I didn't, I needed that. That was perfect for me. And the day came when he said, Sylvia, I love you with all my heart. I can't change for you. I can't be any different. I am what I am. 
You're going to have to accept me for the way I am. And really, the problem is not in me. It's really in you. Now, he might have had a few problems himself, but he, the point was right. The problem was really in me, and I had to find my release, the release life, the life of Christ in me, not just some book, something that I'd learned that I'd heard from the outside tried to put in. See, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to put the Bible in us. We're trying to put truths in us. The truth is it has to come this way. It's already Jesus is truth. Jesus is the living word that lives inside of us. Jesus, it's not truth that comes conceptually and then somehow we have it. No, it's got to come from the inside out. And I had to be broken down with all the insecurities, all the fears, all the self-hatred, and all the things I was doing that was not Christ. I knew it was not Christ, and I couldn't stop doing it. I was truly in a Romans 7, but I, I couldn't interpret it at the time. I was just in darkness. I didn't know where I was or what was going on. And people would say to me, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're, I don't get what's wrong with you. So nobody was there to guide me through or disciple me or tell me I'm all right because I'm breaking down. Now, I can tell people that today. I'll tell you that today. If you're having a breakdown, God bless you. You're on the right road because God has to break down all these old thought patterns that we think is truth so that he can build up, so he can put in us and he can be in us by the new mind of the spirit who we really are and what life is really about and how we can approach every situation in victory instead of in defeat. How we can be, have the security, have the faith, have the boldness to give what we've got in Jesus Christ. I never had boldness before. I only had tiredness. I was afraid and insecure and fearful, you see. Now, how to, how to have that boldness? I sat in my closet one day and I beat my head on the wall and I said, God, I want to die. I want to die. I cannot make this life work. Now, I was only like 31 years old, people. 31 years old. It's as vivid to me today as it was back then. Why? Because it was a benchmark in my life that I will never, ever forget. It's what really made me the Christian. I started to say great Christian I am today. And I will have to say that's true. That is true. That's not, I'm not exaggerating because the greatness in me is really Jesus Christ. It's not me, but it comes across as me. And that's great. I like it a lot. Okay. All right. I said, God, I want to die. Hadn't heard from the Holy Spirit in a long time. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said to me, oh, Sylvia, how can you die? You're already dead. How can you kill a dead person? You don't know that you're already dead, buried, and resurrected. You don't know who you are. You've said it. You've thought it. But you don't know it. Now, I want you to take it by faith. The same way that you drove your stake into the truth about what God says about you, now I want you to drive your stake in your new identity in Christ. This is what I'm saying about you. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, He has made me a new creation. And this new creation is the inner man within me that expresses Himself outside of me, and that's who I really am. It's Christ in me is who I really am. I'm not even me. I'm Christ living as me. Wow. Now people say, how can you say that? Well, it's really Christ manifesting as if it's me. But it's like it's me, but it's not. It's really Him manifesting as me. Wow. 
Wow, that's what we all want. That's what every Christian wants. Every Christian wants to manifest the love of Jesus Christ. Every Christian wants to, under, to, to know and understand the ways of God, not just the acts of God, not just the miracles that He can do, but how God works in you, what the human is really about, how I cannot, don't have to live in self-condemnation and defeat. Well, I want to tell you, I got out of that closet that day and I said, I'm not going to try to change myself one bit, but I'm going to stand by faith in who I really am. And as I stood by faith and said, this is who I really am, and I would not take condemnation for how I acted. Wow, why? Well, simply because I was living by faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And I was living by faith. This is, I didn't want to do those things and I couldn't stop doing it. Couldn't stop doing them and I couldn't, so I had no, but, and so I knew better than to try to change myself. So I said, I'm not, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching the doing. I'm just standing in the being of who I am. And as I stood in the being of who I really am, the Holy Spirit of God started manifesting in a way that I could have never, ever guessed could ever be. I mean, a life that I always hoped for, but it looked like far away, maybe in heaven or something. I could never experience heaven on earth. The life of Christ is heaven on earth. It is the fullness of joy. It is the peace that passes all understanding. It is the joy unspeakable, full of glory. It is that life that never ceases. It is eternal life. That is, Jesus said, I've come to give you eternal life. This is the life he's come to give us. And that's what I took by not even looking at my performance, not looking at my behavior, but looking at who I am and standing on that and trusting the Holy Spirit to take care of the behavior, take care of the, the outer manifestation. You see, that's what I did. And as I stood by faith, little by little, things started changing. One day, I thought, wait a minute, where, I'm not trying to change my husband anymore. I'm not, I don't feel insecure anymore. Actually, I feel pretty bold. I've got courage I never thought I could have. Gosh, I've got peace about myself. I'm in rest. My Inside my heart is like a pool that doesn't even have a ripple in it, a pool of still water. That's, what's, that's what it's like inside me. Wow. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm happy about myself. I'm not trying to change myself. I'm not trying to fix, change, or rearrange my husband or myself or my life. I'm being. I'm finally being which is abundant life. It's the very life of Christ manifested in me. And from that day on, from that, that time on, and that was a season in my life. It wasn't just one day. It was a season. You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. That's Post Office Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website. The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. 
That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here, Monday through Friday at the same time, for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you. Falling on the knees.